the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, now on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860 The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory, expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio, building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you, marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround, and most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikeley at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Mark Nelson may be semi-retired today, but he's a busy man serving as the president of Design Science Association. More information is online at the websites designsciencenw.org and creationencounter.com. So welcome, Mark Nelson. How are you today, sir? Thank you, Mike. Yes, I'm very good. I appreciate being here and talking with you. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come to our studios and join us to share about Design Science Association. What exactly is Design Science Association? We are a local group with a monthly meeting, usually a different scientist as a guest speaker each month on a different topic, different field of science encouraging our faith that the Bible is true, that evolution is not a contradiction of the Bible because evolution is not true. It is not scientific, could not have happened, never happened. The millions and billions of years needed for evolution to maybe be possible, those are not scientific. The biblical time frame that God communicated to us is true with that assumption in mind what we see in the world and what we study of real science is in line with the Bible. The Bible is true. We have a monthly meeting at Greater Portland Bible Church. They are very kind to rent space to us there. We also have field trips and hikes in the gorge and elsewhere for young and old people alike. That's from creationencounter.com. It's a subgroup of Design Science Association. We have great book tables and DVDs available. And also, if your church would like for a guest speaker to come and speak to you on creation and is science a problem for the Bible and how do we reconcile the two, we would love to come and speak to you about that. And I will tell you, our assumption, our starting base is the Bible is the Word of God, 
It is true. So when did you become involved with Design Science Association? When did DSA begin, Mark? DSA started 32 years ago, and I first went to a meeting 22 years ago with my wife. We started going sporadically, depending on what the topic was each month, and perhaps 10 years ago, we started going more regularly, and several years ago, I offered to help get some flyers printed. DSA used to have some flyers. They had none at that time, and I I could help in getting some printed. And then I started volunteering as our newsletter editor. And two years ago, DSA, as we abbreviate it, DSA, they went and elected me president. And it's that was right before COVID, in January of 2020. I started out as president. So that was a challenge. But God has brought us through that. Appreciate that. God knows what he's doing. So in answer to your question, gradually over the years, I've become more involved and more interested in creation science, which is the overall movement of which Design Science Association is a local outreach and ministry. So Mark, what's your educational background? My educational background is more like Abraham Lincoln. It's from reading books and on the job, and that's a blessing of God that with 10 months of trade school to be a computer programmer, a business programmer, that I was able to actually start work as a programmer. I'm thankful to God for that. And I mingled amongst company presidents and some high uppity-up executives and management people, and maybe some of it rubbed off, but I'm thankful to God for that. And I do not have any PhD. I'm not a scientist. Some people, unfortunately, may not want to hear what I would have to say because I don't have credentials behind my name. On the other hand, I can encourage the layman that has no PhD that you, too, can learn about science and even if you don't know which way the electrons orbit around the protons, which I don't remember that stuff, but still, there is so much amazing information from science that any of us can learn. And our meetings, we try to have them geared to the layman level, that anyone can come in and pick up some information. And, too, I'll add that it's so much of it is just glorifying of God, of our Creator. It's an amazing world. This pump that's in your chest cavity, Mike, this heart, it's amazing. I could go into a few more details, but creation is amazing. So I'm not overly educated, but by God's grace, He's able to use me. I think that you're a, a very humble man. President Mark Nelson of Design Science Association, especially after spending 35-plus years in corporate software developing. Yes. So, how has it been changing roles from the software industry to semi-retirement to becoming president of Design Science Association right before COVID, of all things? COVID was a real curveball. That was a challenge. And actually... 
an eight-hour-a-day job has a lot of comfort to it. The structure, the security, the identity of being part of that company, having a, a ID badge that gets you in a door. There is a lot of comfort to that, which I learned in hindsight in the absence of that comfort after being laid off before getting back on elsewhere and adjusting to being involved in actually a ministry now, which I do consider Design Science Association a ministry. It is a a blessing, and it's partly an adjustment for structuring my time, and I'm finding there's so much to read, so much to learn, and then finding opportunities, praying to God for opportunities. Design Science Association is also involved in evangelism. If you've never heard the term creation evangelism, there are different approaches to evangelism, and I am not going to say that anyone, ah, that won't work, eh, you don't need to spend time in that approach of evangelism, I think that God can use any method, any style of evangelism, any time. And one approach is a starting point with people that, well, have you thought about evolution or do you think that God exists? And at a state fair, we have a booth at the state fair, a really passionate brother, Ray Thompson, organizes that, puts that on every summer, and members from Design Science Association and others volunteer there. And we'll try to engage people walking past, what do you think? Is the Bible true or not? Are you evolved or not? And we try to start a conversation with them to lead them to the ultimate truth that God does exist, for one thing, that you are created by God, and there's a problem that We normally don't know him because of sin. And let me tell you the solution. The solution, of course, is Jesus Christ. And that's the important thing. We don't, to talk about the six days, that's a secondary matter to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what people need to know. And let me back up just a bit. Some people, you need to till the ground a little before planting the seed. You need to clear some obstacles. And one of those obstacles for many people today is that ah, God is a myth. There's no God. We're all evolved by chance. And that's not true, of course. We need to help people around that boulder before we can share the truth with them, before the seed will really be planted, that yes, God does exist. You want to know him. So creation evangelism is exciting. And I'm I'm looking for more and more opportunities, county fair, state fair, elsewhere too, to just share that message with people. And perhaps you're hosting an event where Design Science Association would be a good fit to have a table or a booth. Why don't you email Mark Nelson, the president of DSA? His email address is designscienceassociation at gmail.com. That's designscienceassociation at gmail.com. And I'll make sure to link up all of the pertinent links and email addresses on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. Mark, one of the things you mentioned is that DSA, Design Science Association, meets once a month 
It's the third Saturday of each month from 9 to 11.30 in the morning at Greater Portland Bible Church on Southwest Vermont Street. So what kind of people come to your monthly meetings? Who would you like to see more of? And what might they encounter? Well, we would like to see more young people there. We do have some young people for certain children and 20s, and we do need more of those for future generations. And they're generally believers that come to our meetings. If believers are able to, oh, can I use the word entice a non-believer or a scoffer or someone questioning and wondering to invite someone that's not a believer to one of the meetings and might be very eye-opening for them and, again, might clear some of those boulders that are keeping them back from believing. And we it's also a time of fellowship. We have a refreshment break time every month. People get to know each other from month to month. We have had around 100 people recently post-COVID. We were up to 175 pre-COVID. Wow, that's a good crowd. Good for you. But you you still get to know a few people from there and then on the hikes. So, And we do have our Creation Encounter group has a family camping trip each year, sometimes to a national park or some other interesting geological location. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's the third Saturday of the month from 9 to 11.30 in the morning at Greater Portland Bible Church on Southwest Vermont Street in Portland, including refreshments, intellectual stimulation, a cordial welcome, plus a creation book and video table at every meeting with a wide selection of items and discounted prices, DVDs of past meetings, and a whole lot more. So do these monthly meetings have an admission fee? No, no admission fee. We do take an offering. We pay the church rent for the use of the facility, but you're welcome to come. There's no fee. And if you've never been to Greater Portland Bible Church, I might mention you. there is a sign along Southwest Vermont. You turn into an apartment complex, and you drive through this apartment complex. The first time you go there, you wonder, did I turn off at the right place? But so you, correct me if I'm wrong, down the hill, up correct. the hill, you'll see the sign and turn left, and then you'll see the driveway to the church, right? Correct, yes. <laughs> so if you're going through an apartment complex, you are in the right place. Yes. All right. Great advice from Design Science Association President Mark Nelson inviting you to their free admission monthly meetings, third Saturday of each month, starting at 9 a.m. at Greater Portland Bible Church through the apartment complex on Southwest Vermont Street. All the details online at designsciencenw.org. Make sure to also check out creationencounter.com. More with President Mark Nelson next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee. Mark Nelson serves as the president of Design Science Association. Check out the websites creationencounter.com and also designsciencenw.org. That's designsciencenw.org, which also has a link to your YouTube channel. So can you tell us about that, please, Mark? Yes, we just started our YouTube channel about a year and a half ago during the COVID shutdown. 
If you go to YouTube and search for the long name, well, separate words, Design Science Association, you'll get to our YouTube channel, and our meetings are live-streamed each month. From our website, there's a link to click on live stream, so you can watch a meeting. If you're not certain whether it's worth a drive, that's understandable. You can also watch and listen to previous videos of previous meetings back to a year and a half ago, so you can get a good sampling that way. I can mention a few really interesting ones. One was, I believe it was October, Phil Gaskell, who works in fisheries and maybe biology, and a younger fella relative to me, which there are a lot of younger people relative to me, but really intelligent and a, a really active thinker. And he spoke on programmed instincts and the mechanism for adaptation. And it's amazing. If I can mention about blind cave fish, <clears throat> these are fish that have lived in caves where their eye sockets would be of just their skin over it to protect it. If you take these fish out of a cave within three generations, fully functional eyes will have developed. And that is because there are sensors in the body of these fish to detect the presence of light. And when these sensors give that signal, the genes start adapting. It's called genetic variation, genetic adaptability. It's not evolution, okay? It's something that God programmed and designed. And when those fish are in a source of light, the genes will start adapting so that eyes form again in the offspring within three generations. Fully functional eyes are formed again. And instincts are amazing. If There's a YouTube on video. It's not one of ours, but if you search for foal first steps, a baby horse, F-O-A-L, first steps, and this baby horse on the ground with four legs, it's never used, and it knows somehow to get up on those legs and it manages, and then it's balancing, and its brain is recording and learning while it's doing that. And I say that it somehow knows. Well, it's programmed, instinct, instinctually. And that instinct is not by chance. God did that. It's amazing. And that little baby horse, when it gets up on its legs and then figures out how to start taking steps, will then go and look for a source of milk. That does not happen by chance. Evolution can never create something like that. That instinct is more than information. And information does not happen by chance, which evolution says it does. Information is from an intelligent designer, which our Lord and Savior, our Creator is. It's amazing, and I get so passionate about it. What was the question <laughs> about our YouTube channel? So that's a great one. Programmed Instincts, our most highly viewed video to date by far has been about starlight and time. And it's a very good question about 
stars that are millions, billions, maybe light years distant out there in the night sky, and yet God tells us in his word that he created them around 6,000 years ago. How can we see the lights of them now? That's an excellent question. And an astronomer, Spike Passeris, P-S-A-R-R-I-S, spoke in April, I believe it was, 2020. That on our YouTube channel is the most highly watched video. And you're welcome to bump up the hits even a little more watching it yourself, please. And you can find the link to that YouTube channel easily at designsciencenw.org. That's designsciencenw.org. Mark Nelson, you're currently semi-retired but serving as president of Design Science Association. Yes. And you mentioned that you had spent 35 years as a corporate software developer. So can we backtrack and find out more about Mark Nelson, the man? Where'd you grow up in the first place? Mostly here in Portland. Our family moved out here when I was 17 from Dallas, Texas. I still can easily... That's a bit of an adjustment, isn't it? It is to hear girls calling each other guys. That was an adjustment. Hey, you guys, you know, where, where are you guys going? And I thought, those aren't guys, those are girls. And it's funny the different regionalisms, how they vary from place to place, huh? And I still easily can talk about what, what you can and can't do. <laughs> can't c-a-i in apostrophe t can't do but so what boys, brought your family from texas to portland i'm curious oh just news of how pretty it was out here the green trees and the fresh air and it is northwest oregon is just so nice you don't have the humidity you do in texas you don't have as many bugs snakes which i never really encountered snakes back there but Northwest Oregon is really beautiful. And the weather, summer times, I don't care to travel away. I want to stay here, enjoy the mild weather. It's amazing what we can take for granted where we grew up. Because I grew up in the suburbs of Long Island, about 45 minutes east of New York City. And we were about 15 minutes from the beach, as we would call it. Hmm. And now that I live in Salem, a solid hour away from the coast, I realize how much I took that for granted, just being able to see God's great artistry in the ocean and what a small piece I am of it. And yet somehow I'm valuable to him. So it's amazing what we really take for granted wherever we grow up. So Mm -hmm. if you came to the Pacific Northwest from Texas as a 17-year-old, does that mean that you were, say, a junior or senior in high school at that point? Yes. What was I? A junior, I believe, at that time. Yes. So were there growing pains as you transitioned from Dallas to Portland? Oh, yes, somewhat. My family had moved us around quite a bit. It was a result of parents divorcing. And after a while, I kind of stopped really making the effort to socialize very much. So I didn't make many friends in school. I actually got a job at a uh, nonprofit law firm, and actually, I guess my socialization was more around adults at that time. And you could look at it that I had some curveballs thrown at me as a young person, but in hindsight, my faith is increased in God's providence and God's sovereignty that 
God is in control, that God knows what he is doing, that my parents divorcing, that was a horrible, hurtful thing, but trusting in God that I can be used by him and that he is in control, that God knows what's going on and is in control. He certainly does, Mark Nelson. So do you have any siblings, and how old were you when your parents had split? I was nine years old when they split apart, and that was hard. And did you live primarily with your mom from that point on? Yes, correct. And of us four siblings, two have gone to be with the Lord, and a younger brother is living in Montana that is not a believer, has a lot of bitterness over his his upbringing and partly over our Christian home. He has a lot of bitterness over that, and I try to keep in touch with him and try to visit him every year or two if if I can. So I'm glad to hear that, especially because it might be easier to not make those efforts, and yet you're just going to go there to love on him, to be his brother, and hopefully good conversations and memories will come out of these encounters together. Yes, and if I can visit with him graciously and ignoring or deferring the different emotional barbs that he'll throw out to try it. We do not see eye to eye politically, and it's as if he wants to get into a fight. I don't know, but I I don't take the bait. I think I most of us have some relatives or loved ones who just enjoy attempting to push our buttons, don't we? Right. So God is gracious of me. I try to, and I pray that God helping me be gracious of others. I think that's important. So good for you, Mark Nelson. Oh, thank you. So grew up, moved around a lot. Parents split when you were nine. Moved from Dallas to Portland at age 17. When did your faith become your own? Did your family regularly attend church? We did before the divorce, as we called it, the the divorce. And after the divorce, we kind of dropped off regular attendance. But I did continue identifying in my mind as a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And in my early 20s, I started having this awareness that I really was not walking with the Lord not worshiping him, revering him in my heart the way I should have. And it was just this awareness in the back of my mind at first, and then another awareness and expectation that God was going to do something about that, that he was going to work in my heart. And at some point in my early 20s, he did, and he used one of my brothers and also my mother to challenged me that I needed to be in the Word and needed to be part of a church. And I said, you're right. Yes, I should. And I did. And it's important for me to remember that it was the work of God, God in my heart. I cannot pull myself up by my own bootstraps spiritually, by any workouts or whatever, Hard work, I cannot make myself a better person spiritually. It's God and his Holy Spirit in me, and praise God. Mark Nelson of Design Science Association, I love how your mom and your brother continued to challenge you. So how did they do that? Was it in a loving way? Were they in your face or what? It was in a loving, gracious way, yes. It was 
some years ago, back in my early 20s, but yes, it, it was not a confrontation that I recall, but it was an encouraging challenge that I needed to be intentional and serious about my walk with the Lord. Yes. So in turn, is that why you do what you do today with Design Science Association? Because your brother and your mother were willing to do that with 20-something-year-old Mark? That's a very good question, and perhaps so. If God can use me to encourage others to be real in their walk with him and serious and intentional and to assess their values and their priorities in life, great. Praise God that he praise God that he could use me in the first place. All right, that that is miraculous. And also, if he can use me to encourage others, because I feel that the Christian faith is under attack, and people listening cannot see me in the studio here that I'm putting my hand on a Bible I have here, but so many people, unfortunately have bought into this notion that, well, modern science has proven evolution and billions of years are just cold objective fact. And, well, what do we Christians do with our Bible that that says differently? And some people will throw in the word appear. Well, our Bible appears to say differently. Putting in that word appears to say is casting doubt on what God said. And the fact that people need to know, believers, is evolution is not scientific. Evolution is impossible. It never happened. It could not happen. The millions and billions of years are the magical element to make evolution possible. And those millions and billions of years are not scientific. We can talk about radiometric dating, carbon-14, if you like, the earth is actually, in fact, 6,000-some years old. I know that sounds laughable and absurd to some people. I was sitting in a restaurant downtown with a brother at lunch years ago, and someone at a table adjoining ours overheard me say that, and he asked me, what? Where did you get that? I told him it's in the Bible. And believing the Bible is true, Believing the Bible is the Word of God, and therefore true, with that starting assumption in our mind, what we see in the world and around the world, in the solar system and the galaxy, it fits with the biblical time frame. Yes, and I brought with me a list of some evidences of a young Earth. So... Let's lead with that in our next segment to give you enough time to do it justice. We're speaking with President Mark Nelson of Design Science Association. You can check out the website designscienceNW.org for more. More with Mark next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and Mark Nelson serves as president of Design Science Association. More details and a link to their YouTube site at designsciencenw.org. That's designsciencenw.org. 
See also creationencounter.com. So, Mark, I want to talk with you about reaching the youth, the teenagers, the 20-somethings, regarding our faith. But before we stopped for break, you had mentioned a list that you wanted to share with us. Yes, evidence for it being a young Earth. Earth's magnetic field globally is decaying. And if you were to prorate back too many years, it would have been far too strong to sustain life on the Earth. There's the faint young sun paradox, which you can Google if you want to. Faint, F-A-I-N-T, young sun paradox. And if you were to project back, I think, 200,000 years when supposedly human life started developing, the sun would have been too faint at that time to sufficiently warm the earth and sustain life. The earth would have been an ice cube at that time. The rate of continental erosion of continents into the ocean is more on a 6,000-some-year time scale. Talus is, T-A-L-U-S is the term for rocks that crumble and fall from mesas and outcroppings from cliffs, and the rate of that is fall that's falling and the amount accumulated at the base of those is more in line with a young earth. And also if, if you think in your mind about the earth being millions of years old, the continents would have all eroded by that time, but also the amount of salt in the sea is evidence for it not being millions of years old. If you, this is really interesting. Cold subducted plates. These are plates of Earth's mantle that have been subducted underneath others, and it's hard to illustrate this on the radio, of course. But some of these plates are 930 miles deep and still cold. They're within really hot mantle of the Earth, but still cold, which is an indication of great tectonic upheaval and activity during the Genesis flood, folded rocks are interesting, and you can see these in Grand Canyon, Death Valley, which is an amazing place, the hikes in the Slot Canyon there. But different strata of rock, and Mike can see me illustrating this, but others cannot, but different strata which are not fractured, not broken, but they are folded with curves, which obviously happened when they were still pliable before they hardened, but there are multiple strata that evolutionists would tell us were laid down millions of years apart, and they'd probably put a 0.5 or 0.8 on there for accuracy, which is ridiculous, but these multiple layers of strata that are folded together when still pliable indicates that they were laid down rapidly within the same time frame, which was most likely after the Genesis flood, which was a major upheaval of Earth's surface over one year of time. Comets should have died out long, long ago if our solar system is anywhere near the age that some people say, and yet we still see comets in the sky. I took a picture of Neowise 
couple of summers ago, we could see it right from our neighborhood. And lunar recession, the moon is ever so slightly receding from the Earth. The temperature of the moon's core, I don't know where they get this estimate of the inner core of the moon, but it's estimated to be 2420 to 2600 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, if it were millions of years old, you would think it would have cooled off completely by that time. Human population growth, statistically, is much more in line mathematically with not the 6,000 years, but the approximate 4,500 years, give or take, since eight people left Noah's Ark and repopulated it. Soft tissue that is found in dinosaur bones. Have you heard of that, Mike? More and more soft tissue, blood vessels, elastic material, even nerve cells are being found in dinosaur bones using an electron microscope, bones that are supposedly 65 million years old, and yet scientists are working to come up with an explanation of how it can last that long, including measurable traces of carbon-14 that are found in dinosaur bones and also coal. Now, coal is supposedly, I don't know, hundreds of thousands or millions of years old, which is anti-biblical, and no measurable trace should be detected, but the Bible-believing scientists that bothered to look for carbon-14 in coal, guess what they find? Detectable traces of carbon-14. And also fossils. Fossils do not represent an evolutionary transition. You may see some illustrations or some artist's rendition of fossils that are evolving over time But you see, artists' rendition, because the fossils have not been found, not those transitional fossils, the many millions of fossils that we see were formed from a rapid burial in oxygen-free sediment as in a flood. And there are fossils of a fish eating another fish. There's a fossil of an ichthyosaur giving birth a baby ichthyosaur at the moment that it was fossilized, buried in mud. And fossils are more evidence of God's judgment through the flood. Of course, people want to ignore that, that judgment. They don't want to think about God to whom they are accountable. And that's really the large driving motivation behind evolution to say there's no God to whom I will be accountable and judged. Something I think is interesting, Mark, president of Design of Science Association, is your monthly meetings that you host the third Saturday of each month, starting at 9 a.m. at Greater Portland Bible Church, located on Southwest Vermont Street in Portland through that apartment complex. You're in the right place. That you bring in speakers who are scientists and who are researchers and experts in the field to present topics that uplift your faith in your creator, answering questions and exploring the evidence surrounding the reliability of Scripture through creation account, the global flood of Noah's day, complexities and design of biological life and more. 
and that you've made it open to the family and you're trying to get more youth to come out with free refreshments and resources available and everything. More details on their monthly meetings at the website designsciencenw.org. That's designsciencenw.org. So, Mark, can you give us the quick definition of a young earth creationist, please? A Well, I don't mind the term young earth creationist, thinking that the earth and believing the earth is around 6,000 years old, like the Bible says. I personally like to use the term biblical creationist. And what is that? Well, we believe the biblical account of creation. Well, what does the Bible say? It says God created everything in six days, approximately 6,000 years ago. That is a young earth creationist. And where so many people will take odds with that is, well, yeah, what is a day that is in that passage there? I don't know if they want to say, well, what did God mean by a day? I don't know if they want to directly question God in his statement, which is what they're doing, but a day is actually defined in the first five verses of the Bible as a rotation of the earth on its axis. The earth was dark. Everything was dark. There was no sun. There were no other stars. Everything was dark. God said, let let there be light. We don't know what that source of light was, but there was light. God divided the light from the darkness, and the light he called day, the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. God gives us the definition right there of a day being a rotation of the earth on its axis. And yes, so we we believe the biblical account. And again, with that assumption in mind, we see the evidence. And one of our speakers every year or two is Dr. Thomas Kendall from Medford area. And he had a really good quote in a radio interview several years ago. And if you email me at design science association at gmail.com, I will happily send you the link to this radio interview saved online that you can read. But Thomas Kendall was raised in a Catholic church As a young person, though, he was an agnostic evolutionist. His belief in evolution was the one thing that kept him from accepting the truth of God's word. To quote him here, I thought nobody challenges that, not even the clergy, not even the priest. Nobody challenges evolution, but they challenge their own book. They don't believe their own book. And I thought, you know, why should I believe it? End quote. If we as Christians do not believe our own book. What it says from verse 1, why should we ask others to start believing it? Eh, so many chapters over, perhaps. That, that doesn't make sense. Mark Nelson serves as the president of Design Science Association. And Mark, I want to ask you, what can we, being the church, not any particular congregation or denomination, but brothers and sisters in Christ, actively seeking God, meeting together regularly. What can we do to keep more youth in the church? Because it seems that so many of them stray away come college age. I think to give them answers when they're asking questions, which is a good thing, asking questions about, well, if there was only Adam and Eve, where did Cain get his wife? Or 
this big boat that Noah had, how could he fit all those animals on it? Those are good questions, and young people need to be given answers to that. And if they are given the response that, well, go ask your Sunday school teacher or maybe pastor knows, or that's not so important, then they are being given the answer that don't believe it. That's a part of the Bible yeah, you don't have to worry about. You cannot believe that. And if they're hearing you cannot believe all the Bible, what about the rest? This man being, or a small boy being born of a virgin woman? That's not scientific. Should we believe that? And this man being raised from the dead? We all know that's impossible. Can we believe that? So at what point can you start believing the Bible? So if young people are able to come to Design Science Association meetings, they will be fed some good information that they are not getting in public school, some information hopefully they're getting at Christian school, hopefully, but definitely not in public school. They'll be encouraged in their faith, encouraged that you can believe the Word of God and if not a Design Science Association meeting, maybe you'd like to bring them on a hike or a field trip with creationencounter.com. There's also a very kindred ministry, kindred to DSA, Mount St. Helens Creation Center in Castle Rock, Washington. And we have guided trips up to the mountain, up to Johnston Ridge Observatory in the summertime stopping at different geologic points along the way. And there's so much that we can learn from Mount St. Helens, the eruption, subsequent floods that bear witness to the flood of Genesis time. So Mount St. Helens Creation Center, Castle Rock, Washington, is a great resource for young people and even for a day trip to stop in there at the center. It's a museum. We also have the Dinosaur and Fossil Museum in there, which is amazing. And let me add a website to your list. That's mshcreationcenter.org, as in Mount St. Helens, mshcreationcenter.org, along with President Mark Nelson's websites for Design Science Association. Check out designsciencenw.org and creationencounter.com. Mark Nelson, thanks so much for serving with Design Science Association. And on our way out, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout-out to? Oh, I appreciate everyone, all of the volunteers that are involved in DSA, from serving refreshments to all of the other things necessary to make a volunteer organization like that happen. So I appreciate your help and your encouragement. I'll leave all the pertinent links on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So thanks again, Design Science Association President Mark Nelson, and thank you for listening to Difference Makers. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 